Hey CFC, this is Kylie and some of the other young adults from our church at our bridge Zoom meeting who want to say hi. Hi. I hope you guys are surviving and thriving in quarantine. I miss you. All these other young adults miss you and I hope you're also you. figuring out you. how to connect creatively during this time, whether that's through a Zoom meeting, FaceTime, or saying hi to a neighbor across the street. Love you and can't wait to do church with you again soon. Bye. Well, hello, Teeny Facer. Hey, let's take a minute and digitally greet one another. So take out your phone and would you text or email somebody really quick, maybe a quick Snapchat, whatever you like to do, and just say hi, give them an encouraging word, maybe shoot them a Bible verse. And let's just greet one another in Christ really quick in a digital way and be an encouragement to one another. Here we go. Well, welcome back. This is also a moment for us to worship the Lord with our giving, with our tithes and our offerings. So let's take a moment and do that. Just a quick reminder, you can give in a couple ways here at Cheney Faith Center. You can give online at our website at cheneyfaithcenter.org. You can text to give uh, with the info that's on the screen. And then you can also give the old fashioned way. You can just send in check or cash via an envelope right here to the address at the church and we will receive that and deposit it as well. While you're doing that, I wanna tell you something cool that we're doing as a church right now during this season. We wanted to help supplement people's food because we know that people have been challenged. Uh, some people have lost their jobs and lost income and it's just been a challenging time. And so one of the ways that we could help with that is to supplement people's food during the week. In partnership with Second Harvest Foods and Cheney School District, we are bringing food from Second Harvest. A man goes down there with a big trailer, picks up about 1,500 pounds of food, brings it back to Cheney Middle School, and at 9 a.m. on Tuesday mornings, volunteers get masked up and put gloves on, and we give that frozen food and that fresh food away. People stay in their cars, they kind of drive up, and we get an opportunity to greet them, and Pastor Kate's been doing a great job of just encouraging them and just saying hi and getting a quick quick connection with them. We put some frozen food in their car, some fresh food in their car, and then they drive off and we do the next one. It's been a great opportunity to just serve our community and be a blessing, be the hands and feet of Jesus. If you would like to volunteer for that and help us out with that, you certainly can. You could email us at info at cheneyfacecenter.org and we'll get you hooked up to serve. Well, thanks for listening this morning. Uh, let's get to the word.
Well, hello, Cheney Faith Center. It is Pastor Cooper here, and I am honored and privileged to be bringing the message um, today for us all. And as a heads up, as you can see, we're doing the, the message portion up front here. And then afterwards, we're going to respond with some worship. Troy and Emily Audette um, have some worship for us. And so I'm excited to just respond in that way um, after the message. And so, yeah, so you are here online with Cheney Faith Center. So thanks for uh, just logging in either through YouTube or maybe it's on Facebook, however you're watching it. Um, we just appreciate you being here and engaging with us in this online church format. Well, today I had the privilege of kicking off a new series for our church called Christ Over Corona. Now, this series is based off of a Bible reading plan that our pastoral staff was reading through and dialoguing on um, that brought up some thought-provoking questions and challenges of seeing this global pandemic through a Jesus lens rather than through a political or media-driven lens that can really seem to distract us from maybe focusing truly wholeheartedly on Christ. So Christ over coronavirus. So in this series, we're going to unpack some thoughts and perspectives that this coronavirus has really forced us to look at. Things like uh, mortality, which is, is never fun to acknowledge, but is a reality that has been brought to the forefront of our conversations as humans during this global pandemic of COVID-19. We'll talk through opportunities that have been afforded to us to slow down, to be intentional with people, and to see people as people, to dig into true gospel theology in every part of our life, to acknowledge humility that this pandemic has brought, that the temporary things of life can truly disappear like that. And so in the midst of these times, we have a choice. We have a choice of where to take our gaze, of what perspective or lens we will choose to look through. And our heart is that we will begin to choose and proclaim Jesus and see that he is working for a purpose in the contention of some of the hardest seasons many of us might face or are facing. So we are choosing Jesus or Christ over Corona. And we're going to let his truth and his word drive the ship in this time, nothing else. So each week, uh, for the next 10 weeks of this series, there's going to be a specific Bible study that will lead us into a little bit further study of whatever we are um, dialoguing on for that week. And so today, I'm talking about faith ownership. And there is a Bible study um, called Being Devoted that has um, some readings and some devotions that are there to encourage us to grow in our faith and to be devoted and to own our faith as Christ followers. Now, these Bible studies are great and they're things that we have read through and have, have chosen, but they're really just the start. They're about five to ten minutes, so not really long, but for some of us, that might be the perfect amount of length, but for some of us, we might want more and more. So this is just really the start. This is not like, this is all it is. We want to just kind of push you forward um, during this time to start going even a little bit deeper within your faith in this time. So 
Again, I'm talking this morning about how um, the coronavirus has given us an opportunity to truly own our faith. And we've talked about this um, quite a lot. So our kind of vision during this quarantine time is CFC. We have creative connections, faith ownership, and, and then for us to be contending in prayer. And so I'm going to kind of take that F of that acronym, the faith ownership part, and talk about that, unpack that a little bit more, um, and how the coronavirus has given us this opportunity to own our faith and to truly put Christ above anything else and to dig in to what he has to offer for us in our Christian faith. I believe we don't wanna just survive in our Christian faith. We want to thrive in our lives as Jesus followers. And the best part about this is that we are all afforded the same opportunity. We have access to God's word and to God's spirit to help shape our lives, but to help us choose to live for him daily in every single situation, in every context of our life and to help us with that perspective to lead forward in our lives, to be filled with the thriving, unstoppable power of Jesus. So before we dive into this conversation, I wanna go ahead and pray for us. Well, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity. Even though we're not physically gathered together, Lord, your church is still here. Your church is still together. And so God, open our hearts and our minds to your spirit. Let your word speak truth. Um, like it always does, Lord, let it encourage, let it challenge, and um, let it leave us change, Lord, that after this conversation, that we would take a step forward in a whole new direction as Christ followers, or be encouraged to keep going in that direction that is placing you over anything else, Lord. And so, God, we thank you, we love you, praise your name, amen. Well, as we talk about owning our faith, I want to at least get some context here um, for what we're going to be talking about. And so sometimes the, the, the term owning our faith can seem a little selfish, almost like Schmeagel from Lord of the Rings, like my precious faith or whatever it is, right? Um, but what we're talking about owning our faith is we're talking about having a buy-in to the process during both the good seasons and bad seasons that we're going to experience in our faith journeys, so when we have buy-in, we have this sense of ownership. We, we, we tend to be a little bit more devoted, and we, we, we want to take care of what it is that we have some buy-in, have some ownership in. You might be able to even think maybe in your childhood that first time that you bought something, maybe it was a bike or some special toy, and you really took care of it. You're like, this is, this is something I want to like make sure it works. I remember for me, I had this BMX bike, and man, every other day I'd be out there with WD-40 like greasing down the chain. I had pegs on the thing and make sure they're all tightened and stuff. And I thought I was just so cool, but it was something that I had invested in. I wanted to make sure, you know, it was, it was good and it would last and all those things. And I think we can all agree that when we have buy-in to a process, we tend to be more devoted and tend to take care of whatever that is a little bit more. And I think the same thing goes for our faith, our spiritual lives. So to get our brains thinking, I want to ask us just a question here is who in your life do you know or who can you think of is a devoted follower of Jesus or who truly owns their faith? So just think about that for a second. I'll put the question up on the screen, but who do you know or who can you think of that is a devoted follower of Jesus and truly owns their faith? Now, as you have that person kind of placed in your brain, 
just kind of think through, like, what makes them like this? Was it an overnight change? Was it something that happened like that, or was it a long process? Do you think they have bad days or bad seasons in their faith journey? What makes them devoted? Now, I'm sure a lot of us can probably think through and maybe say this or that and have some different reasoning for it. And I myself was thinking through some, th- through some people, but I was also drawn um, even into our upcoming YouVersion um, Bible study of the early church. And so this, this study, again, is called Be Devoted, and it's seven readings to encourage spiritual growth in our life, but they're, but they're highlighting the early church the first century church. And a lot of us have maybe read about it or seen verses. And I wanna share a verse from um, Acts chapter two and just dialogue a little bit on that. Just showing how they had this devotion when it came to their faith. And they were in a context where they were not allowed to meet together. I mean, in super small groups and houses, but they weren't able to be public in their faith. They still exploded in their faith ownership and, in the, and, in, and also in spreading the gospel of Jesus. And so Acts 2.42 says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So the individuals in the early church were very devoted. They were devoted to themselves, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. And what, what, what we see from the Greek word of devoted, and that's kind of the key part of this, is it means continually devoting themselves. The Greek word is proskaterio, and it means continually devoting themselves. Not just a one-time event, it was an ongoing event. And then devoted in our English language means to have a strong love or loyalty for something or someone. So this idea, when you put those together, is that the early church were in a constant mode of love and loyalty. They were focused on the things that would build them up as Christ followers, keep them accountable, which is not a great fun part of our faith journey, but is a needed part, and deepen their love for each other as they center their attention on God. What we get from this is our first point, that devotion and faith ownership is a continual process, not a one and done. Devotion and faith ownership is a continual process, not a one and done. You see, faith ownership is the continual, everyday living out of our faith and focusing of our faith that builds us up, keeps us accountable to God's word, and leads us to love people better because we are focused on the heart of God. Now, obviously, our corporate meeting together as a church body has drastically changed amidst this quarantine that we're all living in of COVID-19. And I believe this is good. It helps us and gives us time to reflect on what is currently happening. And what I've, what I've seen is this, number one, is how great it, it is to have a church community. I mean, we miss it, right? We miss being together, worshiping together, seeing each other, praying for each other, actually laying hands on each other. Like, we miss that. And that's such a beautiful thing that the church is constructed to be a part of. But I also think it shows us that it's not just a one-service thing that should be our definition of continual faith ownership. Because we're not meeting together, it really starts to put the pressure on us to live out our faith, to to be focused on the heart of God 24-7 and not just to rely on something to consume, 
but to really, but to truly invest in our faith and to own our faith and let that flow outwardly. I believe we as Christ followers are capable of so much. And I hope that this quarantine has given us that time to reflect on what it means to live out our faith in our context, whether in our family, with roommates, with people that are close by in our neighborhoods or in our apartments, what it means to live that out. Having the coronavirus shutdown of our church meetings does not stop the ability to keep growing in our faith as we continue to display the love of Jesus onwards. As we start to come closer to the heart of God, God draws close to us. So now, practically though, how does this happen? How do we truly own our faith? And there's methods and there's this strategy and that strategy and they're all great and they're all good. And I tend to really go towards the simplistic things. I'm a pretty simple guy as it is. And um, something that I have found God's word really showing in helping people um, live out their faith and to have faith ownership is simply by listening and living out. That we listen to God's word and then live that word out in our life. That we listen to God's spirit and then act on it, be obedient to that. That we listen to godly correction. We live that out by responding in humility. Now, it's never perfect, right? There's ups and downs and lefts and rights, but I believe that as we continue to listen and living out in our faith ownership journeys, those squiggles, the ups and downs and lefts and right of the different seasons will start to come less and less and less, and they'll start to be more focused. Is there gonna be squiggles? Totally. There's gonna be seasons that are hard and that are just difficult, but as we continue to be focused and listen and live out, those squiggles won't be as dramatic, the ups and downs, lefts and right, because we are drawing close to the heart of God. He is continuing to refine who we are deep down inside. And that's what it means by being devoted and having that ownership is that we are investing into what God has for us. I think too, um, a good uh, kind of analogy is it's also not always a Thanksgiving meal our faith ownership. Sometimes I think uh, when I was in college, like faith ownership meant I have to have like two hours of a Bible study and worship music, candles lit, all these things, and just to like, uh, like just be like a part of that, which again, that's great. But reality is not every day can be like this big thing. It's kind of like with Thanksgiving meal. I mean, in our culture, that's a big meal, right? All the stuffing and pumpkin pie and taters and all that stuff, right? That's not reality to do Monday through Sunday, 24-7, right? So a lot of our faith ownership are those grab-and-go meals, those things that we have to take and apply to our context in those short little moments that keep us going and keep us, again, focused on the heart of God, that we are listening and living out. It's owning up to a bad attitude, something that you said in the moment, you realize, man, that was not right, and showing maybe your kids or showing a friend like, hey, I was out of line. That was actually not good. And just showing them, modeling them that you're owning your faith. Responding to a felt need in the moment. Praying for someone who you feel needs prayer. You get that little Holy Spirit prompt. Actually acting on that, living that out. Being open to someone's perspective in a dialogue 
and seeking to understand where they're coming from rather than just trying to prove them wrong, but having that heart of humility. Having verses of the day, maybe it's on your smartphone, on your mirror in the bathroom, those little nuggets that just are constantly feeding you of just encouragement and truth from God's word. That is something that will keep you going forward in your faith ownership journey. Again, it's, it's not pretty. It's not this little package that you can buy like Ikea furniture and it's all laid out there in front of you all flat packed and like, here you go. Beep. No, it is a little messy, but that is the beauty of it. That is the beauty of the faith ownership journey. And that is the beauty, I believe, of, of God's word as it applies into every context and into every situation that we're living in. Well, and again, this live out, this listen and live out truly comes from God's word. And I want to go to James chapter 1 and starting in verse 22, and it says this. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, forget what you look like. But you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. If you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. What I, what I find from that scripture is it's not a suggestion. It's a proclamation of truth. When we center ourselves on this path of faith ownership, our lives start to get simplified and our perspectives and lens shift towards Jesus that we're not allowing what the culture is dictating to drive the ship. Like right now, we with the coronavirus, and there's so many opinions, perspectives, and this and that and that, when we choose to put Christ over coronavirus, his perspective is what shapes us. And it kind of gets simplified, and we don't get um, pulled left or pulled right in these different opinions and thought processes. But we are grounded on the truth because we are owning our faith and we are allowing Christ to drive the ship. Recently, I was talking to a gentleman who had lost his source of employment. He expressed how it is very hard during this season, but he has actually had more peace about the future than before when he was working. He attributes that to the sole fact that during this time of quarantine and not having much to do, he has been focusing more on Jesus and allowing the truth of Scripture to bring that grace and that peace that we talked about in 1 Peter to just overwhelm who he is. So he has chosen Christ over Corona. Have we owned our faith and invested into our foundation to stand strong in the storms of life. Now, as we talk about listening and living out our faith and having that faith ownership, I believe we can do that on our own. And we're kind of in a situation where we kind of have to do that. But I don't think we can achieve the intended created purpose of true faith ownership unless we're with others, unless we're dialoguing with others and having other people um, in a community also owning our faith and keeping us accountable. We need others to spur us on and to encourage us and to pray for us, to be the extra support that we need at times. And much like the first century church, they weren't allowed to meet in large group gatherings at all. They would be persecuted. Now for us, it's not really so much the persecution, it's just maybe general health and safety. 
But what we're seeing is this is an opportunity for the church to actually explode. For people to say like, okay, it's not up to the church to help my faith ownership. It's up to me. And so as we choose to take that perspective and say, yes, I'm going to own my faith, I believe revival will happen. I believe revival will take over and we will see more and more people coming to faith, putting their hope and trust in Jesus because people within the U.S. church are saying, I'm going to own my faith. I'm going to take it outwardly. I'm going to love people. I'm going to be continually devoted in this faith journey. I believe we can have the start of a revival in this quarantine process. And so I've been asking myself a question. If the physical church completely disappeared, could not meet, would the message of Jesus still be heard and spread? I will say a hearty yes because of a few reasons. Number one, we've seen God move in the midst of closed downs and shutdowns. The early church exploded. I mean, we're here because of their faith ownership. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And I believe that we, in this quarantine season, can do the same and we will see revival. We will see the church explode as we own our faith. Number two, I've witnessed it and seen it with my own eyes. People in our church here at CFC owning their faith. And I've seen it in our young people with our AMP youth group. They are just rocking it. And they are saying, you know what? We can't meet. I mean, these high school students, junior high students, everything's been taken from them. Their, their social circles, their school, their sports, graduations. And like a lot of us, we're all just trying to figure out how to do this thing. But they're saying, you know what? We're going to own our faith. They, they finished out all their rooted groups. They're doing more small groups. They're saying, we're going to meet up. We're going to talk about God's word. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to encourage each other. We're actually going to own our faith so that we're not actually lessening our faith in Jesus during this shutdown of no youth group, no church. We're actually going to come back even stronger. And so there is a short video clip that um, is just going to highlight what our youth group has been doing and just how they are owning their faith and just exploding in such a cool, cool way. So let's just go ahead and take a look at that. So we just recently wrapped up our first session of High School Rooted. We had great discussions every week and it was so amazing to see young people of faith uh, taking next steps in their faith and being open and vulnerable to each other and willing to talk about uh, their struggles and temptations and strongholds that are in their lives. Uh, one of my favorite discussions uh, was when we talked about what it means and what it looks like to make your faith your own, not just something that your parents have done or your family has just always done it this way. Uh, we talked about um, that just because you were raised in a Christian household doesn't mean that you don't have a testimony and that your testimony isn't important and impactful. And then after that, we went through our group and we shared our testimonies. Um, and many of those stories were being shared for the first time. And it was just a great thing to be a part of. You see, faith ownership is a game changer. It was a game changer in the early church. And I believe it will be and is a game changer for our modern church as well. As we realize it's not about a one-time event. It's not one and done. It's continual. 
And so in this midst, we don't even have church, don't even have a service to go to, to just take. We have to actually now own it. It's gonna be a game changer for the better. We are gonna see people coming out stronger and more in love with Jesus and more on fire for Jesus. And that's just gonna spread like wildfire in the different contexts that they are in. See, it doesn't matter if we have a physical building or not. We are called to be devoted as we listen and live out God's word on a continual basis. Let's not shy away from our faith in the midst of Corona. Let's own it and place Christ over Corona. Now to end this time together, I have a few questions I'm gonna pray for us. Then we have some great worship from Emily and Troy Audette. So the questions are this, how am I being devoted in my faith? What am I listening to and living at? Or what is the loudest voice in my life? Who can partner with me? Who is that person that can help keep me accountable to help spur me on as well? And with that last question, I wanna just, just mention a few things. So every week we're gonna be sending out our YouVersion reading plans. Um, it's a great way through the Bible app to get other people to read along with you. You can dialogue and comment on different parts of the scripture and just see what other people are processing. We also have this on our website through a PDF version. Um, another way to also have people spur on with you is through our Zoom connection groups. Maybe you're in a connection group, keep going strong in that. Maybe you wanna join a connection group, go to our website, sign up for one. Let us know that you wanna be a part of that because we believe this is a, an opportunity again to allow others to encourage you on this faith journey, uh, on this faith ownership journey. And also maybe you have a roommate, a friend, a spouse, uh, maybe it's a sibling, just somebody else that you're quarantined with, living with, that can also do this with you, that can just be a part of this faith ownership moment and that you, you can do the same for them as well. Because again, man, if we own our faith, we take advantage of this time, I think we're gonna see massive revival in our world. Well, I'm gonna pray for us. And um, something I also wanna just make mention is connecting with us. If you are maybe thinking like, huh, I don't know if I have a faith to own. <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna say, hey, text us right now. Text the word, I said yes, to the numbers that are on the screen below, and we will get in contact with you and talk to you about what it means to have a faith in Jesus. Maybe you just need somebody just to talk to. You can text the word, I need to talk to the numbers down here below as well on the screen, and we would love to get in contact with you and pray with you and just um, just stand with you whatever you're going through as well. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for us, and then um, we're gonna get rolling with some response in worship. And I'm, I hope that you are challenged. I hope that you are encouraged um, just to own your faith and to again place Christ over Corona, over this whole situation, that he would be honored in all that we do. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word that we can listen to it and live it out in every context that we have. Lord Jesus, um, challenge us, encourage us every day through your Holy Spirit. And God, even during this time, let these words and this message even just form together to just be a part of our, just our spurring on forward, Lord, in our whole body and our mind and our spirit, Lord, that we would respond to this and that we would see revival happening in the context that we're living in, Lord. So Jesus, um, we love you and we're thankful that your word is eternal and true. And so God, we give you all the glory in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, thanks so much for joining during this part of the message and continue to, to be within the online experience as we do some worship.
For you. 
just you and me here now. It's only you and me here now. And I will worship you, only you, and I Father God, we thank you so much for this time that we have to come before you and to praise you and to worship you, Lord, to grow closer to you, Father. Lord, I pray that today the words that were spoken, the songs that were sang, the messages that were delivered, Lord, that those would not fall flat, Lord, that we would grow and we would learn and we would become a brighter light for you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your love and for your grace for your mercy. Lord, you are an incredible Father. And we thank you so much that you chose us, that you picked us, that you have unconditional love for us. Today we come before you and we pray in your Son's holy and mighty and precious name.